Hello, and welcome to the Commander Theory Podcast. I'm Nick Beatman, and I'm here with my friend, Zach Mack. Uh, it is way ahead of schedule, but we've just gotten our first previews from Strixhaven. We're going to be discussing the lore tidbits we've received, some interesting info about the set's structure, and we're going to be talking about the five preview cards we've seen. But before we jump in, I want to briefly talk about our Patreon. If you head on over to patreon.com slash commandertheory, you can support the show and get sweet benefits for as little as $1 a month. If you aren't ready to be a patron yet, you can help us out by rating or reviewing us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. All right, uh, with that, uh, let's let's jump right into the flavor. Uh, we know that Strixhaven is set on the plane of Arcavia, and it is set in a wizarding school with five colleges, each centered on an enemy color pair. Each of our colleges was founded by an elder dragon whose name the school bears. Do you want to tell us about some of these these colleges? Yes, yeah, so we got their names and a little like blurb about them. So uh, I guess I'll just start going down in order, I assume. The first college is White Black, and they are called the Silver Quill. So Silver Quills wield the magic of words, from inspiring battle poetry to biting arcane insults. Stylish, intimidating, and tirelessly competitive, these mages are born leaders with a razor-sharp wit and natural charisma that can be used for good or ill. Their motto is, sharp style, sharper wit. So this is just already on the surface an interesting take on White Black. Yeah, very say. different from like the stodgy, staid, uh, religious-focused Orzhov. Yeah, I, I think as we go through, well, with the exception of the next one we're going to talk about, as we go through, there's a pretty stark contrast between the guild in this colors and the college in this color. So mm -hmm. should I just keep on moving? Yeah, go for it. So the next one is the Black Greenhouse. They are called Witherbloom. Witherblooms are goth biomajors. They draw power from the essence of living beings, whether that means enhancing nature or exploiting it. Witherbloom mages are most at home riding zombie crocs, picking herbs for potions, and hanging out in their swamp making grim jokes. Their motto is, get your hands dirty. Uh, <laughs> how do you feel about this? Talking about like the the grim jokes makes them seem a little uh well a little less dour than the Golgari, I'd say that. Yeah. Um and maybe that's just like the sort of tone they're going for across all of these colleges. You know, it's mostly a younger student population and so it's going to be like a little bit more fun than like the the guilds on Ravnica which are like, you know, adult organizations that are very mature and have have existed for thousands of years and generally don't have much of a sense of humor. Yeah, uh, this seems to me, and as we continue going to uh, through these colleges and more info that we got about the plane and the, the flavor, the pendulum is swinging more towards the lighthearted, uh, jaunty spirit of magic as opposed to the very heavy, dark kind of tones that we get sometimes in maybe the horror sets or sets where there's a big war, like like War of the Spark or something like that. Mm -hmm. So this seems like it's going to be very bright and vibrant, even, even the death college, you know. <laughs> and moving on then, so the next college is green-blue. They are called Quandrix. Quandrix mages are ingenious math magicians. 
They study patterns, fractals, and symmetries to command power over the fundamental forces of nature. They'll solve a Rubik's Cube while contemplating the metaphysical properties of the universe and can recite every number of pi backwards. Their motto is, math is magic. My favorite part of this is that uh, Rubik is canonical in the the multiverse now. That's great. Oh, yeah. Uh, Also, I think we're going to skip over that whole pi backwards thing. let's, Let's not. Uh, open that oh arm. oh <laughs> um, yeah no i don't want to talk about that. i'm i'm gonna put my foot down right now i don't want to talk about that <laughs> um this is a really really interesting take on blue green because mm-hmm. it i feel like you know blue green the the biological has been front and center uh on on previous takes on blue green and this is just barely related to nature at all like only in the sense that like certain numbers and ratios appear in nature but really it seems like it's a lot more intellectual and and a lot more blue focused than the simic yeah and honestly i like the gameplay of the simic and i have not liked the aesthetics of the simic Mm -hmm. this looks like it's going to be a lot cooler at least to me a lot of like cool angles and fractals and a lot of like visual cues that will be very pleasing to the eye i think which also kind of gets us to the the next college which is blue red uh prismari the prismari are the theater kids of strixhaven and magic is how they express themselves their spells can be spectacles of raw creativity or meticulous artistic expressions all the worlds, a stage, and whether their art is informed by mind or emotion, Prismari always leave a lasting impression. Their motto is express yourself with the elements. And again, elements are very flashy. They're a really big part of a lot of magic and magic cards. So I think these guys are going to have like a very large, well, technically they're going to have a very large like pool of sources, but that's probably just going to be a lot of like fire and ice. <laughs> Uh, this, this, it, this is making me think that like in general, uh, they're going to try to lean into whatever color is less expressed in the, in the, the Ravnican guild. Yeah. Cause this feels like extremely red. It's hard to pick out exactly what the blue elements of the Prismari are. You know, I'm seeing expression, emotion, raw creativity, art being artistic, all of this feels extremely red, whereas the Izzet on Ravnica, um, you know, are very industrial, very experimental, very um, scientific, and they feel like they lean a bit more blue in terms of like their role in the society and the tools they use. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely can see that. I've thought a lot about this and the color pie and color pie philosophies and like red blue is the color of creativity it's like you are creating something but you're also trying to like perfect your craft as you're doing it that's really cool to see that that might be what we're getting with prismari um i would really appreciate and enjoy getting um kind of a more holistic look on creativity within the bounds of the color pie i think that's an interesting or like art or artsiness within the bounds of the color pie. Mm-hmm. Um, and do you want me to read off this last college, I guess? Yeah, go for it. So this is the red-white college. They are called Lorehold. 
Lorehold's are diligent researchers and daring adventurers, passionate scholars obsessed with history. They explore the past by poring over archaeological artifacts and summoning long-dead spirits. For some students, the past is a rich tapestry worthy of disciplined study, while others wear that tapestry like a cape as they jump down into the forgotten tomb. Their motto is, leave no stone unturned. To me, I'm seeing a lot of like graveyardy words in this snippet here, like seeing archaeological, seeing tomb, long dead spirits. This is leading me to believe that that this college is going to have some sort of graveyard focus. Are you getting that vibe? Yes. And um, I mean, the spoiler alert, we did get some cards we're going to talk about. And uh, that the card for lower hold made me we'll, we'll obviously bring it up, but it made me go, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? What does this mean? I'm really hoping to see some more graveyard focus because white should have more graveyard stuff than it already has. Red getting or has been getting more graveyard stuff than it um was previously and that's great because it's so good at filling up the graveyard that's great because like i want to pitch this card to my faithless looting early in the game and then i want to be able to use it later <laughs> like i want to have my cake and eat it too and it looks like lorehold might be the way to do that yeah i i think that like one of the weaknesses of um of white graveyard recursion is that it doesn't really have good ways to get things in the graveyard like black has sacrifice outlets. It even has things like entomb or buried alive. So it can like set up the thing that it will reanimate later. Whereas whites feels more um, reactive yes. because it doesn't have mechanisms for putting things in there. And it's really just, well, if my opponent casts a board wipe or casts a kill spell, then I can get this creature back. But pairing it with red, as you said, like allows you to set it up that you're discarding something to your graveyard and then reanimating it with your white card. So I think that gameplay is really, really interesting. And I hope that we do get to see something like that in the set. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that's actually a pretty good segue to the next part. There, There's an interesting structural feature of this set. Um, basically, there we're getting commander decks with Strixhaven. There's going to be five commander decks with Strixhaven, each from one of the schools. And Commander 2021, uh, which is what this one is, will feature 81 new cards, which is a lot. The last part is that each deck will focus on the colors and themes of its associated college. So basically five decks, uh, each one focusing on like the mechanic of the college proper and 81 cards total throughout all five decks and that is it's a, it's a lot <laughs> uh, one very interesting tidbit i just want to um mention is during the interview that we did with ethan fleischer he mentioned that wizards has been looking at potentially changing the color balance of the newly printed cards in the commander precons to favor colors that sort of need more tools like red and white so although we're going to see 81 new cards, that those may not be evenly distributed across all colors. So that's something to look forward to in the set. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm excited to see like what maybe came of that decision mm-hmm. in this product. That would be really cool. Well, I also want to talk about one very interesting element of Strixhaven, which is the mystical archive. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, so every single pack 
whether that's a set booster or a draft booster or a collector booster, is going to have some number of these reprint cards, which are, it's going to be a pool of 63 cards from across Magic's past. So far, what we've seen have just been instants and sorceries, and it's possible that that's going to be the restriction on them. But they all feature unique art that sort of look like an illustrated or rather an illuminated medieval text. Very attractive. Set and draft boosters are going to get one of these cards in each booster. Collector's booster are going to have at least three of them. And there's also going to be uh, Japanese variants for these reprinted cards, which you're going to be able to get in your Japanese draft set and collector boosters. And at least one is going to come in collector boosters in all languages. So just to to give you an idea of what we've seen so far, we've seen Opt, we've seen Swords to Plowshares, we've seen Demonic Tutor. And a really interesting thing to note is that although they are not going to be legal in Standard or Modern, they are going to be playable when you draft these cards. Yeah, I think that's the coolest part for me. What do you you think about the Mystical Archive? Uh, What are you hoping to see? How do you feel? Yeah, I mean, this actually blows me away when I heard it. Things like this are actual meaningful ways to solve the reprint problem in a way that I just thought wizards would never do. Introducing these cards in a way such that they're collectible so that you'll want them, but they'll be more in circulation. So the non-fun, non-foil, non-Japanese foil promo version of it is going to be a lot cheaper to get. We haven't seen the rarity distribution. I'm assuming it's going to be a lot more likely to get an opt over a demonic tutor. Mm -hmm. It's one slot in the booster pack proper. It's not replacing a common or anything like that. So you just get a booster plus this extra bibliotech card. That's also crazy to me. I think this is really cool. And the ones we've seen so far look incredible. Really, really gorgeous. I think this is overall a good thing for the game. I think if people react to these positively, we could see like meaningful change in prices, in kind of player attitude towards reprints and w- wizards' attitude towards reprints. Yeah, I think that like the approaches they've done in the past with the mystery boosters in the list were definitely a more conservative way to do things. This, yeah is more exciting it's going to have a much larger impact uh and i i can't wait to see the the remainder of the contents of the list personally i i don't think i'm going to be playing a lot of these alt art versions just because i kind of like all my cards to look the same Mm. but i am excited to see the impact that it may have on prices oh i'm one of those people where like if possible you draw an opening hand of one of my decks and you're like not quite sure what game you're playing <laughs> <laughs> and secret layer is really pumped that to the max but this is also going to do that here even if you're not playing with these cards they're going to have an impact on the cards you want to buy and purchase so just amazing did not expect that i guess we can get into the cards now they spoiled a cycle <laughs> also did not expect this from this set but um pretty exciting to see this uh, it's another cycle of commands, so spells, uh, instants, and sorceries, where they have four modes and you pick two of them. I guess we should just get through them one by one, right? Do you yeah, want, go do you want me it. to go for it? So the first one is Silver Quill Command. This is a four mana sorcery to white black, and it has choose two. 
Target creature gets plus three plus three and gains flying until end of turn. Return target creature card with mana value two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Target player draws a card and loses a life. Target opponent sacrifices a creature. Yeah, how do you, what do you think about this? First thing to note is, of course, the terminology change. Mana value is the new term for converted mana cost. On the one hand, it is like, you know, fewer words. It's probably like less intimidating to new players. Like converted mana cost is a mouthful and like kind of looks like it's more complicated than it actually is. Whereas mm-hmm. mana value might be a little bit more intuitive. I, I trust that they've like play tested both versions and that this one is um, is easier for new players to grasp. The one downside I can see of this terminology change is that like mana value may be quicker to write out fully than converted mana cost. But I think it's like slower to say and write than CMC. Like we've gotten so used to saying CMC over the years. And I think mana value, it less quickly communicates what you're trying to say. I think it is more intuitive. I have taught I mean, I'm I'm probably nearing a hundred people in my life how to play magic. So I've worked with a lot of new players over the years, and one of the things that was always a sticking point or something that like you'd have to explain. It, it, usually, they'd get it pretty quickly, but it always needed an explanation. Was converted mana cost? They'd be like, "So what's the converted mana cost? Why is it, why is it saying this?" And I think mana value is something that is probably more intuitive for new players. I am like you assuming that they tested it. And when they see return target creature card with mana value two or less from grave to the battlefield, I think that makes it a little bit more intuitive because they will know like the term two drop. Usually they'll know about like bears. They'll know about like two ones for two with first strike or whatever. And they'll be able to look and kind of like, piece together maybe a little bit easier mana value two or less with this card cost two i probably get this back as opposed to like what was the converter mana cost just the generic on it like like what is what does that mean um which is something that i have run into before so card power level aside i am in general happy about this i do agree with you it takes longer to say i think i'm mostly going to say cmc most all the time i bet you i I would put money down that r&d also is doing that like internally like when they're in meetings and stuff but um i think writing this out on the card is a good thing in general um the card itself to actually get to like the mechanics on the card um i think this would have been awesome if it was an instant i think this could have done a lot of work for commander but i think where it's at now as a sorcery is that it's merely very good in standard or on arena and that's probably the only place I'm going to play it. I might one day have a deck that wants this or needs this, but this seems very geared towards standard and arena play, like limited. Yeah, uh, I don't really see a combination of abilities that make this worth four mana at sorcery speed for me. It It's like really painful that it says target opponent sacrifices a creature rather than each opponent. I just don't think this is going to get there in Commander. Several of these modes... You know, target creature gets plus three plus three in game, flying until end of turn. That's not worth a card. Target player drawing a card and losing one life. That's worth maybe one mana. Mm, I don't see myself playing this. I agree. 
And I think on that note gets us to the next one. So this is the Wither Bloom command. This one is only two mana. It is black green for a sorcery. Choose two. Target player mills three cards. Then you return a land card from your graveyard to your hand. Destroy target non-creature, non-land permanent with mana value two or less. Target creature gets minus three, minus one until end of turn. Target opponent loses two life and you gain two life. So yeah, how do you feel about this guy? Maybe, maybe in like CEDH. Um, <laughs> like, you know, if you're playing a version of the format that has huge pressure for every card to be extremely cheap and like the most of the creatures that show up aren't big beaters, but like very small utility guys, then this could be like a solid two for one where you kill like a Sylvan library and a dark confidant and feel pretty good about it. But like, you know, milling three cards and returning a land from a graveyard to your hand, that's not worth a card. Target opponent loses two life and you gain two life. That's not worth a card. So really you need to be getting value off of both of these middle abilities for me to really consider this card and it's like a sorcery speed so it's going to be hard to to like set it up like because like maybe if you could do this mid combat like the minus three minus one would would get you further towards killing a card or like trading up but gosh at at sorcery speed like you know abrupt decay is an instant it destroys things with mana value three or less um it's uncounterable i would pretty much just rather run that card in almost any situation yeah i agree with you so this is quandrix command this is an instant three mana one green blue choose two return target creature or planeswalker to its owner's hand counter target artifact or enchantment spell put two plus one plus one counters on target creature Target player shuffles up to three target cards from their graveyard into their library. So, I mean, this one, <laughs> I don't really play a null very often. This looks like it's a limited bomb. Like the tempo swing that the combat you win with Quandrix Command is insane when you're drafting on Arena. And again, that's the only place I'm going to play this. Yeah, I feel the same way. Uh, you know, putting two plus one plus one counters on a creature... That's not how you win a game of Commander. Shuffling three cards from a graveyard into a library. Yeah. Not, I, I mean, it could be incidental graveyard hate. I guess that's not bad, but it's again, it's like not the thing that makes me put the card in my deck. Yeah. Bouncing, bouncing a creature Planeswalker is also not something I'm excited to pay three mana for. And again, a null costs one mana. This costs three I just don't see myself running this. Like if we're looking for versatile answers in green blue, you have access to void slime. If I'm looking for like sort of a catch all, that's what I'd much rather be playing. I totally agree. Yeah. I think this is honestly like a a standard or limited card. I'm not Mm -hmm. really going to pull it out of the binder. This next one is Prismari command. Also three mana instant one blue red choose two Prismari command deals two damage to any target. Target player draws two cards, then discards two cards. Target player creates a treasure token. Destroy target artifact. So this one, actually, I could conceivably see myself playing. This is my favorite of the cycle. Mm -hmm. I I like this a lot. And I think part of why I like it is because it's such an easy comparison to Kologon Command, which 
has been great for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah, Kolagon's Command uh, shares two of the modes with this card. Both of them can deal two damage to any target and destroy an artifact. Like, there's so many artifacts floating around in Commander, and there's plenty of small utility creatures. You know, unlike Witherbloom Command, like, dealing, t- killing a two toughness creature seems a lot more valuable than killing just a one toughness creature. Yeah. I mean, think of um, all the two twos that are commanders that they printed over the last few years. Like, as the format has sped up, there's been just a lot more powerful two drop commanders and three drop mm-hmm. commanders. So, Prismari Command actually kills those where the Wither Bloom does not. Yeah, getting a cannon off the board can be uh, yeah. very instrumental to your victory. Mm-hmm. Um, the. The treasure token is kind of like a throwaway mode, but on Kolagon's command, the discard was kind of a throwaway mode, so that's fine. And I really like this looting ability on Prismari command. Just being able, it's going to help you find gas in much the same way that the raise dead mode on Kolagon's command Mm -hmm. got you some gas. I just think this is a really solid card, and I would look to play this in pretty much all my Izzet decks. Yeah, I think this one actually does offer a lot of utility and it does it at instant speed. I also, I mean, this is like a funny, weird little thing. I think it's interesting that the blue-red card didn't get a counterspell mode. They're really trying to push blue-red this time into a more proactive space as opposed to a possible like reactive space. And I'm kind of okay with that. My guess is that we're going to see some more powerful like reactions like in Quandrix as opposed to Prismari based on these commands. That could be totally wrong, but that's yeah. kind of what it's looking like. No, I mean, I think given that um, the other three blue commands all had a counterspell mode, I think it's okay to mm-hmm. have one that eschews that in favor of other effects. I gotta say, though, this card is almost not even a blue card. Yeah, <laughs> just looking at the modes, just looking at the modes on this, I see shock, I see faithless looting, I see you know creating a treasure token, brass's bounty, whatever, and I see shatter, and it's like where is the blue card? I mean, I get that like looting is blue and rummaging is red, but this could have been a red command, and it would have been a pretty sick card, but it yeah. would have been probably a red staple going forward. Yeah. No, I agree with you. This is one of the cases of, did that need to be two colors? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Eh. Okay, I can read off this last spoiler we've gotten from Strixhaven. Yeah, that sounds great. Uh, so this is Lorehold Command. It is three red-white for an instant. Choose to create a three-two red-and-white spirit creature token. Creatures you control get plus one plus O oh and gain indestructible and haste until end of turn. Lorehold Command deals three damage to any target. The target player gains three life. And sacrifice a permanent, then draw two cards. What are your thoughts on this one? Again, is just like a blowout and limited, and that's all I'm ever going to play this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is really just not what I want to be doing in Commander. Everything about it is overcosted. Um, the other ones, they're overcosted, but like I could see the timing being a thing on the Quandrix Command. None of those effects are worth three mana or even two mana, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. But 
if you time it at the right time, you can get a bunch of value out of it. This one, even if you're timing it at the right time, you're still only getting a little value out of it. You're never going to feel like you're really like going off with lower hold command. And that just really kind of puts me down on the card. Yeah, I feel the same way. Like making a 3-2 is not what I want to be doing with my five mana card. Oh, yeah. Ditto like the lightning helix effect. Like lightning helix does not see any play in commander and I'm not really excited to pay five for it. Yeah. <laughs> and then ditto like the perilous. Well, well, maybe we'll get into that in a moment, but uh, yeah, I think that we, we should talk about that on its own too. <laughs> okay. In terms of like giving my creatures plus one plus one indestructible haste, I'm not super willing to spend a card to give my creatures plus one plus one and haste, but giving them indestructible is definitely valuable but it's something I'm willing to pay like maximum three mana for and preferably like two or less because like this is I, I see that effect as more something you're doing uh, like a reactive ability in response to a board wipe. And it's just kind of embarrassing that they're expecting me to pay five mana to protect my board from a wipe that probably costs that person four mana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, especially it, with Doomscar too. It might have only been three. Yeah, like, that's that's a pretty big onus to put on the aggressive player. Yeah, and especially like in a color identity that can't ramp easily. Green just got a reprint of Heroic Intervention in the last year, and you're expecting me to pay three extra mana for this effect in yeah. in my red white deck. And I I want to say something too, something that really puts me down on this card is that it's it's only creatures. It's only creatures you control get indestructible because mm-hmm. they also get haste. It, even like Boros Charm made your stuff indestructible. Like even the heroic intervention made your stuff indestructible, like all of it. So kind of feels bad <laughs> feels bad man yeah and i guess we'll talk about the last mode now the the sacrifice mm-hmm. of permanent then draw two cards that's really interesting it's it's certainly intriguing it's not something we've seen much before in red white actually asked jules robbins about this who's the red representative on r&d's council of colors he said that this ability is something that red and white can only get in combination so it's not like a mono red ability it's not a mono white ability but still if we could see red white commanders or other red white cards that sort of let you convert the efficient token generation in this color identity into cards that's really uh interesting and attractive to me Mm -hmm. no i i agree i think that this is a cool place for that color combo to go I, i think it's jarring to see it first but it makes sense thinking about it Mm-hmm. Um, just because I was not used to red white sacrificing stuff for value, <laughs> not not it's very welcome. I I do want to say that I do want more of this. It just was like oh, whoa, hello. Mm-hmm. But even then, kind of like you said, it's still that mode in particular feels really bad with the other modes too. Because it's like okay, so I make a three two and then I sack it and draw two cards or when when am i gonna make my board indestructible but also sack something to draw two cards it seems like the first three modes play well together in combat well i guess they all play well together in combat which is kind of why i'm not super high on this yeah i also just hate that like by being five mana 
it misses the window for Sunforger. Yes. Yeah, like, that's real. Like, yeah, like Sunforger is like the red white engine card that people are most excited about. And I think you really do have to design with that in mind. You know, if if we have to make this like take off the plus one plus O or maybe make it a two two spirit just to get this at four mana, it's going to make the card way, way better. Yeah. Yeah, then it actually might see some play. <laughs> yeah. But as it mm-hmm. stands, I'm not gonna play this card. Yeah, just far too situational. So I think my big takeaway from looking at these cards is that they aren't designing these and they're probably not designing the set entirely with commander in mind. I would be I would be shocked if we don't get like a cycle or two or three of legendary creatures of the the college headmasters the elder dragons the elder dragons of this like the star pupils you know like whatever those characters might be but in general it looks like this is a very splashy cycle of rares without commander in mind which i'm kind of into i i'm i'm kind of okay with them not designing this whole set for commander especially with the knowledge that there's 81 new cards in the commander precons for this year. So I am excited for those. I'm excited to see what the themes are and the mechanics are of Strixhaven. But again, like how long out is it? It's like March, the end of March or something, or I think it might actually be April. Yeah. Yeah. That this is coming out. Very strange that we're getting so much information like two Mm -hmm. weeks after the release of Kaldheim. Yeah. And Time Spiral Remastered is going to come out between (laughs) these two releases, Kaldheim and Strixhaven. So it's like, we got this like weird little teaser. Here's the commands thing. And then in a few weeks, we're going to get some Time Spiral Remastered spoils, which we probably won't end up talking about on the show because I'm pretty sure that's a reprint set. Mm -hmm. But just seems kind of weird to me, at least. Yeah. I agree. It's very strange to get it at this time. I mean, hey, new spoilers are new spoilers. But I am very interested to see this new take on these color combinations. Um, Oh, yeah. It's also a good opportunity to get some fixing for enemy colors because, you know, as as we know, the enemy color land cycles like have, have greatly lagged behind the ally colors. Personally, I'm hoping that we're going to see the remaining uh, like battle for Zendikar duels the ones that have basic land types and enter the battlefield tapped unless you control two or more basic lands i think those would be yeah the tango lands or or the battle lands (laughs) yeah whichever you prefer yeah um but those would be great additions to the format just make it so that your fetch lands work a little bit better can get a little bit more value for you um so I'm, i'm hoping that we see that there's certainly a lot of ally color cycles that would be cool to see translated into enemy colors yeah i agree with that i'm wondering also if this thing we saw in call time of common mana fixing common dual lands if we're going to see like high powered lands or a high powered land cycle at even uncommon you know at like a lower rarity than just rare Mm -hmm. um i think that would also be a pretty good trend moving forward but who knows? I mean, the pathways weren't. So maybe we're only going to get 
tapped lands at common, but if they're going to make tap lands with basic land types on them, not going to complain too hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, do you have any last thoughts you want to talk about? Any of the lore? Any? Well, yeah. Do you think, do you think we're going to see the Elder Dragons? I mean, we're, we're definitely going to see the Elder Dragons. I am not certain whether they're going to be in the main set or if they're going to be the face cards on the Commander Ooh, Recons. But what, cool, I, yeah. what I wanted to ask you before we wrap this episode up is tell me, which house do you think you'd get sorted into? Oh, <laughs> um, I mean, I would probably be as, as like cringy as it was the Prismari. I, if, if you don't know, I try not to talk about that. Both of us try not to talk about too much personal life stuff on the podcast, but like I am a musician. I think that's probably where I would end up going when I'm not working on this podcast. I'm doing stuff for uh, the band I'm in. I, I think I'm Prismari. I, I'm probably going to pick Witherbloom because I am I'm just a big Golgari slut, you know, <laughs> just love graveyards, love black green. So I think at the pre-release, I might end up choosing Witherbloom, assuming we have pre-releases. Uh, but let's say this is like circa 2006 and it's Return to Ravnica again, you know, like something like that. Or 2006 was Ravnica the first. So uh what was it 2012 was Return to Ravnica. There you go. Um, so let's say it's like circa 2012. I can go to the pre-release again and get a guild kit. I probably would choose Witherbloom, but I think I would be sorted into blue-red. I'm Me as a person is pretty blue-red. Gotcha. Uh, I really like the silver quill aesthetic, um, but in terms of mechanics, like lore hold is, I suspect that's going to be the one that's most exciting to me. Mm-hmm. but i totally see that yeah but thanks for for chatting with me on this and thanks to everyone for listening before we go i want to give a brief shout out to our patreon patrons uh, they are gustav ryan mark amon addison mason rick laser Raphael, charlotte the white clays hannah anthony andy dylan james justin logan roger Evan, Bryce, Dylan, Benjamin, Jamie, Matthew, Jason, Kyle, Brandon, Kyle, Jeremy, Russell, Troy, Dylan, Walter, Leo, Ian, John, John, Tom, and Kevin. Thank you all for supporting the show. If you're not currently a Patreon patron but would like to become one, please check us out at patreon.com slash commander theory. Thanks again for listening. If any of you theorists want to get in touch with us, I am at commander theory on Twitter and Tumblr, and Zach is at fat Bartleby on Twitter. Our theme song is Lincoln Continental by Entropy, and you can check them out on SoundCloud. Until next time, we're going back to the drawing board.